welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Sunday School by Larson Hicks on January 15th, Lord's Day Service. Well, thanks for coming. This is uh, this is we're doing three weeks on teenagers, um, and it's it's Darren and I are kind of trading places um, a couple times. So today is kind of generally parenting teenagers. Um, next week will be Darren on parenting girls. Darren's got five teenage girls, well, and twenty year olds now. So, uh, and I'll do parenting teenage boys because I've got three teenage boys. Um, so, uh, none of this, of course, is coming from a, a place of, uh, of feeling like I've arrived. Uh, it's, mostly, it's mostly kind of the other way. It's like I've, I, I've spent, uh, I've got a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 15-year-old. And uh, I've kind of, you know, my views of teenagers have changed wildly uh, since the time I had little kids to, to this point where I have teenagers. Um, and so, it's, it's kind of a call to, to, to reality, you know, just a call to, let's, let's be honest about, about, you know, what this is about and what this looks like. And, um, I think the big thing, I mean, this is, if you don't know this already, certainly about me and the way that I think about these things, I really don't think there's a, this isn't a, there isn't a paint by numbers kit. Um, you guys have probably figured that out already with your little ones, but, um, and we've got, I know a lot of teenagers represented a few families that maybe don't have teenagers yet, but are close. Um, so it's a good mix. So you guys can also, all you parents of teenagers can keep me honest here. Um, this is not structured as a, you know, a super uh, rigid, um, you know, um, study of, of scripture necessarily. It's more just kind of a lot of um, hopefully wisdom that, that I've kind of acquired and um, talking with Darren I've acquired and, and with my wife. And so hopefully this will, this will provide some good some good uh, content for you to you and your your wife or husband to think about, um, and so yeah, there's no there's no generalizations, you know. I mean, there's there's uh, they're only as helpful. Generalizations are only as helpful as as they are, right? Um, our kids are all different, our families are all different, dynamics are all different, uh, but also there's nothing new under the sun, right? So, you know, there's that 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 um, those two different kind of ends of the spectrum that that. Um, what you're dealing with is something that's unique, uh, but it's also not, it's also not unique um, because there's nothing new under the sun. If you weren't here on uh, the first weekend of uh, the first Sunday of January, um, I gave an exhortation about worrying. And uh, it's kind of funny. I feel like I've had a target on my back ever since I, I gave that exhortation. Um, um, I think I gave an example about uh, waking up in the middle of the night and asking my wife to pray for me. That's happened like five times <laughs> since I preached that sermon or that, that exhortation. So, um, so God's obviously given me an opportunity to practice what I, I, I preach. But I think, that's, I think worry is especially challenging with teenagers. I think uh, as parents, it's just, it's just um, I think I gave the example of or the idea that worrying is like fantasizing about the things that you hope won't happen happening, you know, um, and, and how our, our Savior told us not to do that. Um, it's a bad idea. This is the Logos who created all things saying, 
Don't do that. That's a bad idea. And so I want to especially encourage you with respect to your teenagers or your kids who are about to be teenagers, um, cast your cares on the Lord. Um, Let that worry that you feel about your kids drive you to prayer Um, and then action today. You know, not not worry about tomorrow, but action for today. What can I be doing today to help my teenager? Uh, to, to like whatever it is that I'm concerned about, how can I address that today? Um, and just do that every day. That's that's really the whole. It's really the whole thing. Uh, every day, do the thing, uh, the things that you need to do to be faithful, um, and cast your cares on the Lord. So a couple other just kind of housekeeping things. I. I kind of hate the word parenting. Uh, I, I've, I've probably mentioned that. I, I don't really, it's a gender neutral term and I think that's, I think that's dumb. Uh, just because it's not a gender neutral thing. Um, dads do something very different for their kids than uh, moms do. And, and even that's gender specific. You know, dad's role in their son's life versus their daughter's is very different. So um, that's just, I'll use that term parenting, but I hope that, that um, it's clear that there's, there's actually very different uh, roles there. We won't necessarily get into all of that here. Uh, but probably as we get into to the, the week on, on, on daughters and on sons, we'll probably get a lot more into the gender-specific nature of, of parenting um, for, for those, those kids. I also, um, there's, this, there's this kind of myth of adolescence that, that, I, that I also feel like we should reject. Um, um, Teens are not some special, um, weird creature, you know, that, that, that all of a sudden, you know, you turn 13 or 14 or whatever, and some explosion of hormones happens, and you go from being a normal person to this crazy thing. And, uh, you know, if, if you have a lot of kids, I'm sure you've had this comment, oh, wait till they become teenagers, and, and, uh, and it's, it's like our culture views teenagers as freaks and, and as some sort of terrible thing. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, I don't think we should expect it to be that way, but it is a challenge. It is a real challenge. Um, and scripture does tell us, you know, second Timothy talks about, uh, fleeing youthful lusts, uh, right? So there is a, there, there are age specific sins and challenges, but one of the things I think that's unique about teenagers, especially in America is, um, teens are at the peak of their physical and mental capability. So there's never, there's never a time in your life where you have more capacity to learn um, or you have more capacity to do. I mean, to, 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 to physically learn a new skill and master it and, and, and put it into action. It's just a, it's a, like between 16 and 19 or 20 or 21. I mean, that's like the absolute peak of human sort of potential and capability and capacity. Um, and so you pair that with, especially in our culture, um, teens have, have, in America, have some of the least rights, the fewest rights of teens in anywhere else in the world or in human history. Uh, so a teenager in America can't legally own property, can't work, can't drive until they're 16, can't vote, uh, can't get married, um, you know, you can go on and on and on. Uh, they can be medicated against their will. And there's so, there's so uh, little that a teenager can do legally um, at this time when they're at their peak uh, capacity. So I think there really is a tension there um, and a frustration there that, that I think if we think about it, 
is 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 uh, understandable, right? That that you can that you can you're in that that place in life where you want to be a man or you want to be a woman, but you're not really allowed to. And all you're supposed to do, culture says, well, just enjoy your youth, you know, play video games, you know, sow your wild oats, whatever. And and I think that's frustrating. And I think it's I think it's reasonably frustrating. And so I think we should, as Christians, be pushing against that that in our culture. We should be expecting more of our kids and giving them more opportunities. And and uh, and sometimes that means having to get creative about uh, about some of the restrictions that that the world's put on us. Um, so um, okay, so so that's kind of just some some entry, just some sort of uh, concepts to just get housekeeping things to get out of the way. Um, so just to kind of lay the groundwork, I think um, one of the things that's that's helpful helpful exercise as as I was preparing for this was just going back to when I didn't have teenagers and all of the ways that I thought about how my teenagers were going to be. Right, I'm going to do a good job. My teens aren't going to be like all the other teens out there. Um, I'm going to have a straight-A student who's going to work really hard. Uh, they're going to want to go to college. Uh, they're, going to, they're going to be interested in sports and, and uh, the kind of career things and hobby things that I'm interested in. Um, you know, um, uh, they're not going to be obnoxious. <laughs> My kids are going to be super fun all the time, um, super respectful, um, they're not going to be the ones that drive too loud, right, uh, or drive too fast or play their music too loud or whatever, or annoying in stores. Like, those aren't going to be my teenagers. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, you have teens, you realize, okay, I was, I, I was maybe a little arrogant about some of that stuff. Um, uh, my teenagers are obnoxious sometimes. Uh, my teenagers aren't into all the things that I thought that they would be into. Um, and, and so it's kind of a, you know, one of the first sort of, lessons there is, is not to is, to, is to avoid living vicariously through your teenagers. You know, it's a real, it's a real temptation. I think we view teens as, we start to view teens as, well, this is the fruit of my labor, right? I've, I've been, I've been doing the hard work and now I get a chance to sort of see that play out. Um, and, and sort of view teenagers as almost like a trophy. It's like this kid's supposed to represent who we are, what we're about, and if they don't, um, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I don't think that's how we should look at it. I think, I think teenagers, um, teen, the teen years are kind of a finishing school. And, and I think some of those kids are further along than others, or some of them don't present as many challenges maybe in the teenage years. Um, but, but regardless, that's what's happening. They're sort of it's sort of all of the training, all of the work that you've been doing leading up to those years, and it's kind of, you know, okay, here's the, the last phase where we're sort of putting the finishing touches on it, um, and it's really a huge age of opportunity. There's a, there's a book by Paul Tripp uh, called The Age of Opportunity, which I, I commend to you, um, and <clears throat> he talks a lot about this, this concept, that the, the teenage years are a... Um, they're, these are the years where your kids actually have the capacity to really sit down and reason together with you and think through big things and actually have, tend to have, in our experience, a pretty voracious appetite for those kinds of conversations. It's like the teens are going, I have these instincts to do these things that you've been teaching me to do all my life. I now really want to understand why. Like, I really want to get down and understand, like, what, what's behind this? Um, 
And, and there's a lot of frustration in the teenage years, uh, again, driven a lot by the fact that, that we, uh, we kind of live vicariously through them and have these really high expectations. And then we're frustrated that they're still not as mature as we thought they'd be. So we're frustrated instead of looking at some petty argument that's happening between the kids as, hey, this is an opportunity to draw that teenager in to a conversation about, hey, what have you learned your whole life? And let's talk about this. And can't you see how this is petty? You don't get to have those conversations with little people. With little people, um, it's a lot more, you know, it's a lot more rigid. It's a lot more stop doing that, obey your mom right away, all the way, cheerfully, um, et cetera. My wife had, a, uh, had an experience at a, at a ladies' group. Um, some of you might have been there, but she, she, it was just a passing comment where she said something like, like, uh, you know, the, te- the, the little years are really simple, uh, it's, and the teenage years are really complicated. And there was a bunch of wide-eyed young moms who were going, wait, what? Uh, you're saying it gets harder? You know, th- I thought this was the hard part. And, and there's a difference between hard and simple, you know, or, or complicated, right? So uh, the early years are simple. They are very simple. I mean, you're, you're basically running a concentration camp. Uh, right? And, and, and that's pretty simple. Like you define it and you execute it and it's pretty simple um, to oversimplify, of course. Um, but it's hard. But it is still very hard, right? It's, it's not easy. It's very hard. The, 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 the nuance is that when they become teens, it's still very hard, but it becomes more complicated. Um, and it becomes complicated because these, these, are, these are fully formed adults, basically, at this point. You know, they're, they're adults who haven't left the house yet. And they're all very, very different. I mean, they're as different as all of the adults in this room are different. Teen- your teenagers in your home are going to be very different. Um, and so it takes wisdom. Um, it takes a lot of wisdom. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of discernment. I'll get into a little bit of that more. Um, but what's the goal? I guess that's a good place to start, is what, what really is the goal that we're shooting for as, as parents of teenagers? Um, how will we know if we've succeeded? Um, this is my attempt, and this is, you know, take it for what it's worth. But this is my attempt at trying to define what the goal is. Our goal with our teenagers is to launch confident Christian adults out into the world who love God and are equipped for a lifetime of faithfulness and ongoing sanctification. That's my goal. Uh, I, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure, different things to add and remove from that. But for me, it's launching confident Christian adults out into the world who love God and are equipped uh, for a lifetime of faithfulness and sanctification. So it's not, for me, it's not about their ability to, to make money, uh, right? I mean, I, that's gonna be in there if I've done that part well. Um, it's, not about, um, it's not about a lot of things, right? I can, I can scratch a lot of different things off of that list that I'm tempted to, to add in there um, if, if I can just focus on this. Confident Christian adults uh, who are able to go out into the world uh, uh, who love God and are equipped for a lifetime of faithfulness and ongoing sanctification. Um, so just a couple random things. Um, one, um, Jesus, there's a, there's a, in, the, in the Gospels, there's a, when Jesus um, is a young man before he's, he's I, I think it's, it, it's leading up to the, the story about him teaching in the synagogue. Um, it talks about how Jesus, the, the phrase is, Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor in the eyes of God and man. Um, 
And uh, I, I think the interesting thing about that, that phrase is, uh, is that he grew in favor, not just of God, his heavenly father, but, but of, of man. People uh, that knew Jesus as a young man uh, enjoyed him, liked him, saw him favorably, right? And so, uh, and so I think that's one of the things um, to, to be uh, focused on as we're raising our kids is, is actually raising kids that are um, enjoyable to be around, um, I think teens have a kind of tend to have kind of a language of their own. They're really interested in in kind of establishing an identity for themselves outside of the house, uh, which is totally great and fine and natural. Um, but we have a tendency uh, as parents to go, oh, they're just they're just kids and they're just going to be kids, and I'm going to let them be goofy and silly. And and again, there's a place for some of that. Um, but we also want to be raising teenagers who are a pleasure to be around for adults. Adults enjoy being with your teenagers, talking with your teenagers. And that takes a lot of training. That takes a lot of your dinner table is probably the best place. I mean, the, um, I don't know who said it, but, but somebody said a father uh, rules from the dinner table, uh, rules his home from the dinner table. That's sort of the place where, where it happens. Um, and uh, it's a really wonderful daily opportunity to establish culture, to establish patterns, teach how to, how to talk, how to engage with each other. My dad... Um, was obsessed with communication and so would have us tell stories at the dinner table and then would stop us and say, start over, um, use less, you said, um, too many times or use less words, make it shorter. So my dad was, my dad was big on that. Um, it's a great opportunity, you know, your dinner table to do a lot of instruction and training for your kids. Um, the, the other temptation I want to encourage you to, 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 um, to avoid uh, coming back to kind of the mission and the purpose is, uh, is doing this for appreciation. Um, I'm, I just turned 40 and, uh, and I literally feel like I'm just starting to appreciate my parents. Uh, like if you would ask me before about my parents, I would say my parents are great. I love them. Um, but I feel like I'm all of the sudden realizing how many specific things I have to be really grateful for with my parents that I just have never seen before. Um, and I've been out of the house, you know, since I was 18. So it's been over 20 years uh, since I left the home and I'm for the first time realizing a lot of the things that I appreciate about my parents and, and telling them about them, some of them for the first time. Um, so that's the time frame to be thinking about. You know, when you're, when you're um, having a, having to have a cheerful attitude about, um, about serving your kids in a particular way or, have, or staying up late to have another one of these conversations or going into the bedroom to have another conversation about the same thing you guys talked a bunch of times about that you're really frustrated about and you don't really want to talk about anymore, um, right? Um, that's the time to go, look, I'm not doing this so that they'll appreciate. And I think, I think especially probably for moms, you've worked so hard for so many years uh, to, to, to bless these kids and, and they become teenagers and they're just oblivious. They seem to be oblivious about how much work you're putting in. You're, and, and moms are sort of hoping, well, th- this is going to be the point where they realize it and they say thank you and it's, and it's going to be this hallmark moment. And it just doesn't usually happen, right? And, and, so, and so you just can't do this. If, if you're doing this for the appreciation, um, you're, you're, you're a fool, frankly. Um, and and the good news, though, is God sees, right? God totally sees. 
every one of those little things. Um, and there is a reward, right? He, he sees and is pleased. And, and your kids probably will too. Uh, it just might be 20 years from now. So take a longer view uh, on, the, on the appreciation piece. Um, and don't take it personally. I just think that's the, the temptation is, is to take it personally. Like my kids, you know, hate me, don't like me, are trying to get back at me or something. And it's just, that's, that's silly. It's, that's not what's going on usually. What's going on is they're, they're teenagers who, are, who are, are becoming adults, are really concerned with, with their own identity and, and who they're becoming and what they're about. And they're just, they're not thinking about that. Um, so I already kind of mentioned this, but children, children are not trophies. Te- your teenagers are not trophies. Um, however, uh, your grandchildren are. Um, so Proverbs seventeen six says that grandchildren are the crown of the aged, uh, and the glory of children is their fathers. So parents are really more the glory of their children, and it's grandchildren that are the glory of the aged. So. So that's really, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking for a crown, if you're looking for uh, um, a trophy, it's going to be your grandkids. You know, so that's kind of the timeline. And I can say, again, I, I was just in Texas um, celebrating my dad's 70th birthday. And so me and all my siblings, and we've all had, you know, had our lives and had our ups and downs. But at 70, you know, my dad's got five kids who are all, you know, close to 40 or 40. Um, or, or, or older, and we have between us 30-something kids, and my dad's like, uh, we, we kind of had this dinner, and we sort of honored my dad and toasted him, and at the end of it, he stood up and said, I can die now. <laughs> like, it's like, this is, this, is a, this is the pinnacle. You know, like, I've, I've, got, I've got five kids who love me, who honor me, respect me, appreciate me, and I've got 30-plus grandkids who uh, are, have, are delightful kids. Um, I can die now. This is, this is it. So that's the goal. I mean, that's, that's what we're shooting for, um, and that's really the timeline that we're working on. Um, so one of the things I think about, uh, about parenting teenagers is that, um, is that it, is, it is hard. Um, so, so when I was younger um, and didn't have teenagers, my, my whole paradigm was if I do this first part right, that part's not going to be hard. Um, and I, and I looked at families who had, who had done it well and had good teenagers. And I thought, I can see it. I can see it. Like in those families, their teenagers are good and they did it right. And that's going to be what my life looks like. What I didn't see was, was all of the work that was happening in the home, behind the scenes, in the car rides, uh, that was still going on with those teenagers. Um, and so, yes, and we're going to talk about this next, but, but. Yes, you are laying the foundation. The work you're doing now is the most important thing to focus on. Um, but, but, uh, but it is hard. It is hard. The teenage years are hard. Um, and one of the reasons why it's hard, um, and it brings out the worst in us, I'll say that too. Um, teenage, those teenage years can bring out the worst in parents. And I think it's because it reveals, it is so revealing of our own hearts. It's so revealing of our own sin. Um, and so we have this temptation to be impatient, to be self-righteous as we're parenting teenagers, to be unforgiving, to have an unforgiving spirit, you know, to not forgive these kids. We have, uh, we have weak faith. It reveals the weakness of our faith. Um, it, 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 it reveals our desire for ease and comfort. 
Um, you know, I've, I've done all the work. Can I, can I finally, you know, rest now? Um, so parenting, um, it really is, um, parenting teenagers, um, it's like a mirror, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of close with some of these thoughts, but, but it's kind of like a mirror. Teenagers really do reflect back to you your own sin, and, um, and you either see it and you repent, you know, or you get frustrated and tell them when I was your age, I'd never do something like that or whatever, whatever it is we want to say. Um, but the encouragement from Scripture, Galatians 6, 9, is, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up essentially. I'm not reading that verbatim. So that's, that's the, you know, leave it on the field. You know, the teenage, teenage years are hard, um, but, but don't leave anything in the tank. You know, just keep, keep pushing, keep fighting every day. Um, it, the other reason I think teenagers are um, a challenge uh, is, that, is that they threaten our reputation, right? You've had this, you've been able to maintain this reputation by keeping these kids under control to a certain degree. And now, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> you know, these, they're out on their own, and they either are going to turn out and behave or not. And, 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 and everyone's going to see uh, that I was full of it, um, right? Um, the goal, um, the goal, just kind of putting a, kind of tying a bow on this little section, just kind of about the goal and about some of these challenges. The goal really is loving the standard, um, and that, that's, that's uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this in just a minute, but, but, but the goal for us is not um, kids who begr- begrudgingly obey your rules, you know, as teenagers, um, but kids who love and agree with your, your standards, right? Um, so let's kind of move on to, uh, to this, this comment that, that I made a second ago about the foundation. Um, this is kind of the... The biggest takeaway, and this, is, this can either be good news or bad news, um, uh, depending on, on what age your kids are. Um, but um, the most important thing about parenting teenagers is the work that you've done leading up to those teenage years. So ages zero to 10 or so are super crucial. And again, we talked about those years being simple but hard and these, these teenage years being complicated. Um, but it really, you know, those years are simple. It's, you know, um, and you're moving, as you're moving into the teenage years, it's, you, you don't have the tool probably of spanking, you know, like you did uh, when they were younger. Hopefully, uh, you're not at that, you're not still having to spank your teenagers. Um, I've got funny stories about that from my family that I won't share. Um, um, and the temptation for parents, and we see this in the world a lot, and this is something we need to resist, is, uh, and the reason why I think the world tells us so much, oh, teenagers are so hard, uh, just wait till they're teenagers. Um, the issue is that sins of little kids are cute, right? When a little kid throws a tantrum, you videotape it and put it on Instagram, and everyone laughs at the kid throwing a fit. Because it's, it's, I mean, okay, it's not like the Walmart kid is not cute. But, 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 but a lot of their sin is they got chubby cheeks and squishy arms and legs and, and, and it's okay. It's, it's sin, but it's not a big deal, you know, and I'm just going to kind of tolerate it. And so the temptation is to be permissive when they're little, because there also really aren't any consequences. It's like, you know, they're just, they're just a kid, you know, it's not like they're going to do any real harm. They're just a kid. 
you know? And so, and so parents tend to be very, a lot more permissive when the kids are little. Um, and then all of a sudden they grow up into teenagers and you're like, oh gosh, their sin could result in somebody dying or getting pregnant or completely ruining their lives and ending up in jail, right? Like, holy cow, <laughs> the consequences have gone from like this kid having a bad attitude to like serious life-threatening consequences. And so all of a sudden, most parents become really restrictive, start cracking, you know, battening down the hatches. My dad literally uh, screwed nails into the windows of, our, of the teenagers' bedrooms because they were sneaking out in our home. He was like, but, but again, that's the result, of, that's the result of, of stuff that wasn't nipped in the bud when they were little in, in a lot of cases. Um, that kind of rebellion, that kind of, um, of, of disobedience. And so, um, so the, the point to make here is that, that you've got to see your little kids with, with that longer view in mind, that, that these little sins, I can nip in the bud right now pretty, in a pretty simple way if I'm just faithful and consistent. Um, and I'm gonna, and, and the, the consequences I'm worried about are, the, are the, those teenage years and beyond where, where, where these things really become a, a, a real serious issue. Um, so, so it really should happen the opposite way. Uh, it shouldn't be, be permissive when they're little and, it's, and, it, and the consequences are small and then when they're older all of a sudden become locked down. Um, it should actually be the other way around. Um, so what is the foundation that's being laid? I said that those you know, early years, zero to 10 or so, are kind of the foundational years. These are my, this is my list. Um, honoring your parents. I mean, that's, that's honoring uh, your parents. Uh, prompt, cheerful obedience. Um, in our home, it's staying in fellowship. Um, our kids, training our kids to, that the norm is that we are in fellowship. The norm is that, there is not any beef between anybody in the home. That's, that's what feels normal. Whenever there's not, whenever there's beef between somebody, that doesn't feel right. And we've been trained how to fix that, like what to do to fix that. There's no sulking or storming off, especially when they're little. Again, a little kid storming off, it's like, oh, that little kid. You don't want that though in a teenager, right? And so deal with that. If you can't, if, you know, while you have the opportunity to deal with that, hey, that's a bad attitude, that's complaining, that's rebellion. We're going to stop that now. Um, and teaching your kids about repentance, about apologizing, about making things right, about really saying sorry, like not saying, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but sorry, I meant to do that. I was trying to hurt your feelings. I was trying to upset you. I was trying to annoy you. I'm going to stop doing that. Sorry. I'll try to do better. Um, love. Uh, this sounds obvious, but... Um, but by the time your kids are teens, they need to love you. <laughs> they need to love you and know that you love them. Um, they, they need to have an actual affection for their parents. Um, that's something you can do when they're kids. Uh, it's something that's actually fun to do, right? Uh, natural to do. Um, but but uh, that, that love, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Lo- love... Uh, can, can do a lot of work for you uh, in those teenage years uh, and cover a lot of mistakes. Um, and respect. You know, your kids, 
actually learning to respect you uh, and, and, and actually respect your opinion, um, that's a big deal. Uh, if, if by the time your kids are, are teenagers, they view you as somebody who knows what they're talking about, as somebody who actually cares about them and has, and has been teaching them things for their own benefit, um, if, if they get there at, the t- at their teenage years um, and they actually look at you as a resource, somebody that they trust and they love and respect, um, that's what we want. I mean, my hope is that when all my kids leave the house, I'm going to keep getting phone calls saying, Dad, what do you think about this decision or that decision? That's the goal. Um, and so that should, that should be in place, hopefully, by the time they're teenagers. And the last one I put on my list was joy. Um, you know, I want my kids, by the time they're teenagers, to actually enjoy being a member of my family. Um, they like being a Hicks. They li- it's fun to be a Hicks. Uh, it's something they're proud of, right? Uh, there's joy in our home. And, and that all, all of it's tied together, you know, that staying in fellowship and that love um, and respect, all of that stuff's tied together. But, but that's kind of the foundation uh, that's being laid in those early in those early years. So what if you failed to do the first part, right? Uh, what if you failed in one of those areas or some other areas? A couple of comments is, is one, um, leave the 99 to pursue the one. I mean, that's a, that's a biblical pattern that Christ has given us. Um, there are times, there are a lot of times in the teenage years where you have to do that. And you feel, um, you feel guilty. There's this weird, I don't know, Marxist kind of like sense of like equality that I've got to give. But, but God's given you different kids. They're all different. They need different things at different times. And you've just got to be willing to pursue the one um, when the one is, is wandering or struggling. Um, and that means the other ones aren't going to get as much attention or, or love. And obviously you want to do your best to try to, you know, um, not completely abandon the rest. But, but there is a time for that. Um, the other thing to, to say if you failed the first part is, is, is again, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, God meets us where we are, not where we're supposed to be. Um, so there's, we're never hopeless. Um, but there aren't any shortcuts. Um, there really aren't any shortcuts. So all of it, all of it's just get, get, get down to work, uh, get down to work. Um, and, uh, and don't, you know, don't dwell on the past. Don't worry about the future. Focus on what you got to do today. Um, iterate, um, be creative. Um, a lot of parenting is about creativity. Um, I don't think that's probably talked about enough. Um, we all want a, a quick fix, 10-step program. We want the principles. Give me the list. I'm just going to execute it, and the kids are going to turn out. And as it turns out, um, wise parenting is, is, involves a ton of creativity. And, and you can't really be creative um, if you're not thinking. Um, and so, and so you have to kind of have your, put your thinking cap on, um, sit down with your spouse and talk about your teenagers. You know, what, what motivates this kid? Like what, what is it about this kid that gets him, him or her excited? Um, why does he, you know, uh, respond poorly in this situation or that situation? What, what's behind that? You know, what, what can we be doing to help this kid see this issue and deal with this issue. Um, and there's, it's just going to look different with, with each of your kids. And, and you should be ready for that and not feel like it's a failure when the thing that worked for kid number one is not working for kid number two. Um, that's, that's part of the job. And, and, and recognize that you have a father 
um, who loves you and is being creative in his parenting of you by sending you these unique trials at this, at this, unique, at this specific time because he's trying to teach you something about you, right? Something about an area that you need to grow in wisdom, need to grow in maturity. And so uh, your kids are, are hand-delivered, hand-designed trials and challenges from a, a, a very creative father who loves you. And so he's wanting you to, to, to engage with this specific thing, not go, I'm just going to put this, this parenting model playbook on it. And if it doesn't work, it's God's fault. It's, it's not my fault. I did the playbook. Um, that's, not how, that's not how he parents us. That's not how we're supposed to parent our kids. Um, okay, so, so the next thing I want to talk about um, is, you guys like my colorful. I didn't realize that... Um, when I hit print, the Bethany had, I don't know, some crafty thing going on down there. Um, um, so that book I mentioned, uh, Age of Opportunity. Um, um, but I also want to talk about uh, this idea of gradualism. Um, so so at, at 12 years old, um, your kids, uh, the kids in your house are more or less completely dependent upon you. Um, and by 18 or so, um, they will be 100% independent of you and out of your house. So, you know, roughly 12, 18. So you got like five, five, six years there. Um, and so that process of them getting there needs to start now. Um, so it's not like, and again, this is the mistake that so many parents make is they all of a sudden get really restrictive in the teenage years because they're terrified. And then 18 comes and it's like, well, all right, my job's over. I'm done. You know, um, that letting them go needs to start, you know, at 12, 13. Um, and so that, I, I heard it said that, that the goal of parenting is to work yourself out of a job, right? So you're, 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 by the time you're 18, you're not really, you're not doing a whole lot. You know, you're, you're sort of letting them do their thing and trying to stay out of their way and just encourage. And, um, I, you know, my, my 17-year-old is... is kind of in that spot you know we he's he's a he's he's got a job he's got work he's doing he's he's up there in his hobbit hole we call it just plugging away all day and we have coffee together and you know talk and he's you know he's he might as well be a a a renter uh in our house at at, at this point um that's that's kind of the goal i think right uh is we're trying to get to a point to where these kids are are, are 100% independent, and we want that to happen before they leave the house. So you want, I mean, really a goal would be that by the time they're 16, uh, you trust them to be out of the house and independent at some level. And so by 16, you're really doing these experiments in, can I give you the car and let you go do things and not, and not give you a whole lot of rules and structure about what it is you can and can't do? Uh, and, and, okay, they come back and you find out that they drove too fast or you find out that they, they did something you should. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's work through that. Let's try again, right? But the goal, again, by the time they're 18, it's like totally hands off. That is going to look different for boys and girls, right? Because they do have different jobs and, and trajectories. Um, but, but that's the general pattern, um, so about the age of opportunity, I mentioned this earlier, but I think it's worth, I think it's worth just reiterating. Um, 2 Timothy 
uh, 4.2 talks about being ready in season and out of season uh, to preach the word, to correct and rebuke um, and encourage with patience and care. And this is the age. So God's designed the world in such a way that parents are like the primary teachers uh, in the world. Uh, right? So, so people are learning most of what they learn from their parents. Um, and so you, this, this exhortation from T- 2 Timothy especially applies to us parents to be ready in season and out of season uh, to preach the word, to correct, rebuke, and encourage. And so um, in this kind of age of opportunity, you're looking uh, for every chance you can. You're looking for these opportunities to preach and to teach, uh, not, not, not to just monologue and lecture, but, um, but, but you know, the, the, eyes of, the eyes of the flesh see a petty argument where you're, and, and, and the response is, haven't I taught this kid not to argue like this, like not to be petty about this? Um, the difference is that right now, um, where before it was just a matter of simple obedience or disobedience from a, a child, you've now got a little adult here, a young adult, and you have this opportunity now to actually have a dialogue about it, right? Um, so what I'm not encouraging, I should say, I should mention is I'm not encouraging, um, you know, I want our kids to obey right away and all the way and cheerfully, you know, um, without back chat, um, without argumentation, right? Um, and that still applies to teenagers. But, but I am proactively looking for opportunities to discuss. Hey, let's talk about that real quick. That pettiness thing. Do you know what that? Do you know what that is? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that look like? Looks like. Um, one of the things I, I notice about teenagers, and it's something that I think is frustrating to adults, is that teenagers are um, have a have a low degree of self awareness. They, they don't they don't see. They're very concerned about what they look like, but they but they at the same time don't really see what they look like. They don't really see like you don't realize that you're talking too loud. You know, and that's in, in, in public. Like, you should talk quieter. You know, that's everyone around you is looking at you going, those annoying teens. Like, kids, like, are oblivious to that kind of thing. So this is kind of that age of opportunity where we get to, to proactively go, hey, let me talk to you about this real quick. Do you see this? And engage in a discussion. And, and you'll be surprised, I think, at how frequently your parents, your, your teens, are excited to engage in that conversation. Um, the Socratic method uh, is, is so important and, prof- and, and profound in these teenage years. So instead of lecturing, you know, asking, well, what, what do you think the way of wisdom would look like in that situation? You know, uh, what do you think, how do you think that person should have done that thing? Or how do you think you should have, well, how could you have done that better? Engaging in that kind of dialogue uh, so that kids can start to really hardwire some of those, those things. Um, so I'm running out of time, so I'm going to try to skip ahead here. Um, so the, the main point there, just with the, with the age of opportunity thing, is just every time you get frustrated because you're seeing a behavior that it, you thought your kids should know better about by now, um, take that as a cue uh, to, 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 uh, to teach, you know, to teach them about that sin. Because maybe they've heard the command their whole life, but they haven't ever sat down and had a real dialogue with you. Um, and so this is a good opportunity. The, the, one of the things I wanted to spend some time on, I won't spend as much time on, is just the idea that, that your teens are as different as the adults, you know, as adults uh, in this room. 
um, I'm about to hire uh, a guy to, to, to be my COO, and um, we've been talking all week. Um, and, you know, when I think of an operations guy, I think they've got a system, they've got a process, they're all about, you know, structure, and he's, he's going to tell me about this structure he's going to impose on my team. And the whole week, uh, we've talked for hours and hours, the whole week, all he wants to know is about the people. He wants to tell me about that person. Where do they come from? What, are they, like, what, are, what, are, what motivates them? What do they like doing? What do they not like doing? I mean, the, the, the dude, and the, this dude's got a long history of, of success as an as a, uh, operations leader. And I've, I've been super impressed. Uh, I shouldn't be all that surprised, but super impressed to find that his, his focus is not on the system first. His focus first is on the people, understanding who the people are, what they're about. And so with your teenagers, this is, this is the thing. Um, there's really no substitute for time that you spend with these kids. Um, you really do need to study them. I've already said this, but you know, um, Bethany and I frequently on our dates, we go on dates, you know, uh, we try to go on a date every week. And a, a portion of that date a lot of times is talking about a specific teen usually in the house. And going, what, what do you think is going on there? Let's talk about it. Um, so spend time with that, but also spend time having fun, you know? Spend time taking them shopping or playing board games or, you know, whatever your hobbies are, disc golf in my case, uh, getting lunch, going on a hike. You know, just spend time with your kids. Um, you know, uh, kids, teenagers kind of come alive, it seems like, after bedtime. Um, and, and that's a real challenge, you know, especially if you're somebody who needs a lot of sleep. Um, but it, it's a... It's really a sprint. It's not, it's, it's not really a marathon, the teenage years. It's a very short time. And again, leave it on the field. You know, stay up late and, and visit with these kids. Um, and uh, it, it's an important formative time. And the last thing I'll say uh, on this topic, on, on, on the, in this lesson, is, is really that you uh, parents are the model. Uh, your teens are becoming just like you. Um, and, and during these years, they are paying closer and closer attention to you. Uh, they're more aware as teenagers, um, they're more aware of your habits, of your vices. They're noticing that your sayings, your mannerisms, your interests. They're, they're especially paying attention to the difference between what you say and what you do. They're, they're looking and they're going to imitate uh, those things. So they're going to learn, if you're a hypocrite, they're going to learn how to be a hypocrite. They're going to go, mom and dad talk like this, and then we know how they behave. Uh, and, and that's the game. Okay, I can play that game. I'll learn how to play that game. I'll imitate my parents. So, um, so just be aware that you are the model. Um, be the kind of man, be the kind of woman that you want your kids to look up to. Um, Teens are a mirror for parents. And so this is one of the, I mean, it's a, it's a great blessing. It's been such a great blessing for me in my sanctification, these teenage years, um, seeing in my teenagers some of my own character issues that I've never seen as clearly in my whole life. I'm all of a sudden going, whoa. I'm seeing this like ramped, like in crystal clarity. That's who I am. That's exactly who I am. I've, I've gotten good at covering it up and, and hiding it, but that's who I am. Like, I'm just like that kid. And so it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of repentance. Um, and it's an opportunity for, if, if you can kind of, 
instead of being frustrated and embarrassed by the way that they reflect you, if you can instead let that be a prompt for repentance, um, then you become even more equipped to help that teenager overcome the same sin issues and same temptations that you have um, that, they're, that they're revealing. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you know, love, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, and um, God meets us where we are, not where we're supposed to be. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, it comes back to kind of where we started, that, that this is a time where there's a lot of fretting and worrying that they're not going to turn out. Um, and, um, and we need to repent of that sin, of worrying about tomorrow. Uh, we, need to, we need to focus on today, what, how we can be faithful today. Um, and be present today, you know, not zoning out, not, you know, pouting you know, that the kids aren't the way we wish they were, but focusing. Okay, what can I just, what can I do today? What can I do today to help this kid, this kid, this kid? Um, so, and, and lots of prayer, and lots of prayer for these kids. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.